Hello, and welcome to the Confident Choices Podcast. I'm your host, Claudia, and this is the podcast where we break down wedding taboos, get into the nitty gritty of wedding planning and everything that comes along with it. This podcast is for absolutely anyone who wants to plan their wedding with 100% confidence. Now let's get into the episode. This episode, we will be delving into, you know, your first steps as an engaged couple. What do you do when you first get engaged? What are you meant to do? How are you supposed to feel? And we're going to be talking about budgeting. We're going to be talking about money, what your budget should include, breaking down your budget and the real cost of being a bride. No one talks about it. It weighs heavy on me. And it's something that I've really thought about um, in the last few months. So you've just gotten engaged. What the hell do you do now? Now, when I got engaged, I got engaged three days before my birthday. Um, We got engaged in Bali. It was really cool. It was a really, really cool experience. It was the first time we'd been overseas together as a couple um, at all because we met at the start of COVID. So we really wanted to plan something special. We really wanted to plan something that was going to be incredible. Mind you, I planned my own engagement pretty much. So I'll get into that at another point. But um, this is the crux of it. We wanted to do everything together. We've done everything in our relationship together as a couple, and I didn't want the engagement to be any different. So as I said, we'll get into that at another time. But anyway, so we got home and it was a week after we got engaged. And I was sitting there thinking, looking at my computer going, what, what do I do first? What do I start first? And then my brain kicked in and I thought, okay, well, before we do anything, we need to set our expectations. So I sat down with Nick. His name's Nick, by the way. So I sat down with Nick and we discussed our expectations for the day. What is this day going to look like? What is, is it going to be a weekend experience? Is it going to be a day, one day thing? Do we want to elope? Do we want to have a big wedding? Now, when, it, when, when you're setting your expectations, it's really important that you guys talk candidly and you guys don't bring your family's opinions into this. Well, the second you get engaged, your family are going to want to put their two cents into everything. So don't let your family dictate what you're going to do with your expectations. Make it about you two first. I mean, and obviously tell them that you're engaged. You want them to share in that moment with you. But when you talk to them, the way that I said it is I said to them, look, we're going to, because right off the bat, it was like full opinion central, like putting in the two cents into the fountain of opinions that I don't really give a shit about at this time. So how did I deal with this? Well, I had a really confident approach and I said to them, look, we are very excited to share with you all of the things that we create at this point. We have so many ideas. We have a vision. We've got expectations. We have to manage all of this stuff first. And then we want to come to you and we want to ask you your opinion, but you don't have to ask them their opinion. Like just tell them that you're going to ask them because they want to feel involved. Your family and your friends want to feel involved. So just say that to them. Just say, we're really excited to develop this on our own for a little bit. And then we're going to come to you and we're going to see if this aligns with like our family's vision. You don't have to take on their opinions if they just want to feel involved. So just let them have it for a minute. Chances are they'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. You come back to us and you let us know what you think. So let's get into the expectations. So you need to sit down with your partner and, and, you know, write down all your expectations. In this step, do not discuss the budget. This is just purely to gauge what are my expectations of the day? What do I want to get out of it? And what are our visions even aligned? This kind of coincides with the next step, which is, you know, you've discussed your expectations. Now, what does the vision really look like? So Nick and I went away and we made our Pinterest boards and then we came back and we discussed our visions because 
if you sit there together and you're trying to nut out all of this stuff, you're going to already get into an argument. And the goal of wedding planning is for it to be as less stressful as you can possibly make it. So if you're going to sit there together and start talking about all this stuff and he says, I want a smoke machine. And you say, well, I don't want a smoke machine. You guys are going to argue about the importance of smoke machines. Go away. Do do your vision boards first, then come back and then go, I really like this idea, but I don't like this idea. And what can we manage and what can we compromise on? Rather than fighting about them in the moment, do it separately, look at them separately, and then come back and talk about it. Try not to argue. He's going to have some stuff that you hate if your partner is a heterosexual male, like perhaps some of your partners are like mine is. Okay, cool. So you've got that out of the way. Proud of you. Amazing. You've done that so well. Now organization time. It's, it's actually time to get really organized. So what we have a lot of commitments and responsibilities. Every adult has a lot of commitment and responsibilities, whether that ranges from work, you've got businesses, you're studying, whatever your commitments are, all of them. Even if your commitment is I go to the gym for five hours a week, even if your commitment is I go for a walk for an hour in the morning. Like we need to write down all of your commitments and responsibilities and how much time that they take. The reason for this step is you need to be prepared to spend up to 15 hours a week wedding planning, depending on the size and the gravity and the timing of your wedding. So we sat down and got organized. We worked out, these are all our commitments. These are what we value. This is when we're going to have our alone time. And we structured our days and we created some sort of routine where I can manage everything and he can manage everything and we can do everything really cohesively and organized because what's going to happen is, and I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen is if you don't do this step, you will be skipping from one call and one email and this and that, and your time will get ahead of you and you'll get overwhelmed. If you dedicate an hour, three times a week or two hours, five times a week or whatever it's going to be, that is your wedding planning time. That is your wedding planning time and that is your time to be creative and do all the things that you need to do. If you don't do this, you'll be overwhelmed, you'll be stressed, you won't be confident and you'll make irrational decisions. Trust me. Now, throughout all of this, you've probably already been talking about your date, but I would suggest and I strongly suggest that you wait to do the expectations, your vision and your organization first before you pick your date. Because if you pick a date that's six months away, but you want 200 people at a wedding and it's going to be a destination wedding, that doesn't make sense. So if you've got 12 people coming to your wedding and you've got a little dinner that you're holding at a little restaurant afterwards, that's probably more doable within six months. Choosing your date is going to be dependent on the size of your wedding, how much time you can spend planning your wedding and how complicated your vision is. So that's why I recommend doing this step last. So great job. We're going to move on to budgeting and money. Um, Now this is quite a complicated subject. No matter what your budget is going to be, the most important thing is you have to be realistic about what is financially achievable for you and your partner and your big day. There is no point putting $60,000 as your wedding budget when you've only got $5,000 in savings, okay, and you've got $25,000 of debt. You need to prioritize what is financially viable for you Otherwise, you will not feel confident, you will be extremely stressed, and it will cause you to be in debt for your wedding. 
Bad cash flow management will cause you and your partner to have debts after your wedding. You'll be chased for invoices. You'll eat into your savings. And it's all good and well to say, well, I'm going to have a wishing well and people are going to give me money for my wedding. Yes, that might be true. But realistically, how much money are you going to get? Is that going to cover your emergency fund, your mortgage repayments, your potential debts that you might have? Don't assume that anybody's going to give you anything. You're having a wedding. It's your financial responsibility. So what you need to do is you need to look at your debts. You need to look at your financial responsibilities. How much money do you have in your emergency fund? What is achievable to create your wedding budget? What is physically achievable for you to spend your money on? without compromising your current financial viability and put other people's opinions of your wedding aside, put other people's valuations on your wedding day aside. It's your wedding day. You need to have the day that is going to be the best to you and planning a wedding where you are having all of these extras to impress other people is going to put you in a bad financial position and it doesn't make sense to do that. When it comes to planning your wedding budget, I've got four steps. So you need to include all of the additional part, quote unquote, parties, which includes your bachelor party, your bachelorette party, your engagement party, your honeymoon, all of these things add up to a lot of money. And if you don't have the finances to back it, and it's not a part of your wedding budget, at the end, you'll go, whoa, we have an extra $5,000 we spent here that's come out of our savings account. Where does this money come from? If it's already a part of your budget, then it will make your life so much easier because you've actually budgeted for it. The second is budgets are going to blow over. Adding a 10 to 20% buffer on your wedding budget is going to make a world of difference. It is so easy for wedding budgets to just blow over, for you to spend extra money that you weren't planning on, for one vendor to pull out and you've got to spend an extra $3,000 on another vendor. There's so many variables. So it's almost like um, an insurance. You create this additional level of assurance and insurance to ensure that if something goes wrong, you've got the funds to back it up. It's a part of your wedding budget. And if you don't spend that money, like don't think of it as, I've got this extra five grand. I'm going to get this extra thing. No, it's insurance. And if you don't spend it, hey, you get that money back in your bank account. It doesn't make sense for you to then spend that money just for the sake of it. Granted, if you want to spend that money, blah, 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 you can, uh, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. The third is, unless until you have your family's money and contributions in your bank account, or you have seen that invoices have been paid, do not ever assume that they're going to help you. People pull out, people disappoint you. So don't think that they're going to come across and give you all of this cash when they're going to, like, they, they, anybody's going to promise you the world just because their family doesn't guarantee anything. My mom promised me she was going to match my family's, my partner's family's contributions. And, you know, she hasn't, you know, we're not on good terms anymore. Um, you know, my other part of my family, they gave me money without me even asking for it, which was very generous of them. And my partner's family also gave us a huge chunk of cash. But when we developed our wedding budget, um, We did not include them at all in our costs. So that is a huge money win for us. Okay. And the last one is when searching for your vendors, don't go with your favorite. Go with somebody who's going to do your vision at the best price. And what I mean by that is there are 
thousands of vendors who are going to be able to do what you do. And, you know, depending on where you have your wedding, it's going to obviously going to be a selected amount of vendors who are going to be available to you. So what I did is I copied and pasted exactly what I wanted and the Pinterest board, say, for example, let's say flowers, for example. Okay. I had my Pinterest flowers. I also had the vendors that I really liked. I emailed four of them exactly what I wanted. And the vendor that I liked the most, I screenshotted things from their website and I sent it to the four vendors. And I said, are you able to achieve this? And at what price I want? What the fuck? I'm so sorry. I swear to God, TikTok has a mind of its own. So yeah, I sent it to the vendors. I said, can you achieve this? And one of them came back and said, yes, I can get, they gave me all the pricings. Look, I'm going to be honest. I did end up going with the original vendor. And the reason was that for, to be honest, flowers were all very similar pricings and I did get one vendor. So the quote that I got was like $8,000 and that's Australian dollars. And then another vendor said, yes, I can do all of this. Didn't have any example photos and said, we're only going to charge you 3000. I called them. I spoke to them. It all sounded a bit shady. So don't, obviously, if somebody's going to give you a price like that, you need to question it and question the motives and where does that come from and how do they make that costing and why is that so much cheaper? But the point of this is if you engage with the vendors and if you send them your visions from your favorite vendors and you go to tastings and you do all these things, go with somebody who's going to give you a better price for the same thing. They all do the same thing. The expectations for weddings are very high and go with the vendor that you really like as well. So you need to consider that going with somebody that you really like working with and paying an extra $500 or $1,000 may be worthwhile than somebody that you really hate because you're going to have to deal with them on a regular basis and nobody wants to deal with somebody that they don't like. So just keep those things in mind when you start to think about your budget. Okay, now is the time you're going to start planning your wedding spreadsheet. So get Excel out. I use Google Excel, whatever it's called, Google Sheets. I use Google Sheets and you need to start planning. What the hell do you even put in your wedding budget? Okay. It's very complicated. It's going to be a very long list and I'm going to tell you how I did it. And hopefully that's going to help you because as we know, I'm a very organized girly. I'm a very organized princess. So let's do it. I split my wedding spreadsheet into a few different points. So you're going to hear my mouse clicking because I'm going to be on the Google sheet. So I separated as bride and bridal party, groom and groom's party, ceremony, reception, cocktail hour, and couples costings. Now, if we go back up to bridal party, there'll be wedding dresses, bridesmaids dresses. I put my trials in there as well. So my makeup and my hair trial, Um, I put the flowers in there, everything that you're going to need from your shoes to your Botox, if you're having that, because I 100% am. Um, The day of the wedding, I put in my breakfast, how much that's going to cost. Anything that's to do with your bridal party and your groom's party, you put in those costs. So the pocket squares for the boys, their bucks party, their haircuts, if you're paying for that, anything that you're paying for for the wedding, for those two things, you need to put in. Same thing with the ceremony reception put in the music, the videography, the food, the alcohol, all of that stuff. Again, anything that you're going to be putting into the wedding budget at all, anything that's going to be involved at all needs to go in there. Even if it's decorations, even if it's candles, even if it's something really small, include your marriage license in there. All of those things are important and need to be covered. It's just started to rain here. So if you can hear that, 
I'm sorry. Um, okay, so there's not really much personality in this one, to be honest. I'm really sorry about that because this is a really serious topic and we need to just get to the bottom of this stuff because I really want to help you and I really want to make sure that you make all the choices that are going to be the best for your wedding because I don't want you to end up halfway through like doing all this stuff and you're like, what the freak, man? I did not account for this stuff. So this is a serious one, okay? So your wedding spreadsheet is really super duper important. I put in the costings, so your estimated costs for everything, the actual costs. I put in notes, which is like I added all the all the links in, um, and I added notes as well. So including like you know this is the vendor that we're going to choose, or this is the one that I'm looking at. I put in the deposit, when the deposit was paid, and what was the next one again? Oh yeah. Final payment and the final payment dates, because when you start getting invoices back um, after your deposit, they'll tell you when the final payment is due, is due. So putting that in is really, 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 really important. I also have a section called payment scheduling where this is, oh my God, this took me forever to do, but it's payment scheduling. So in that particular slide, not slide, what the hell am I saying? In the second Google sheet, if you hear me clicking, I have the vendor, the deposit, when it was paid, the frequency of the payment, um, when the, all the payments were made. And you need to have record of all of this. So in the Google sheet, I also have a link that will take me to a Google document where I screenshot it in my bank, every single payment that I've made, because I do not want to get stuffed over, shut up emails. I do not want to get stuffed over if worse comes to worse, you need to protect yourself. You need to be confident with your convictions. You need to be confident with your planning. Otherwise, if you get caught out, the only person you have to blame is yourself. So one thing to note when, when you're doing your payments and your invoices and you're talking to all your vendors is write this down because you need to ask them, when is my final payment due? Because usually you'll do a deposit and then there'll be a final payment. Very rarely do they do, um, payment plans. My photographer has a payment plan, but my food is due all on the same day, for example. And if you're paying for stuff, you will notice that everything will be due a week or a month prior to your wedding. Now, things like food and flowers, um, they will need to have exact numbers. For example, like at the start, you, then you may be quoted for 50 people, but then by the end of it, you may have 45, right? So that last costing will adjust. Usually you can ask them and you can pay the bulk of it earlier. So what I've done is I'm on payment plans with all of them for cash flow management and to make sure that when I'm not on my, when I'm on my honeymoon, I do not want to be getting emails. Hey, you haven't paid this invoice or more importantly, I don't want to be a month or a week before my wedding and people are chasing me for invoices and they're not going to pay. You may be more than likely, you're going to be doing a lot of different things on your wedding week. And the last thing you want to be doing is paying invoices while you're doing your nails, because you're not going to be paying attention. You want a paper trail of everything that's happened. And don't like, I prefer not to pay with things over credit card, over the phone. If you're going to pay with credit card over the phone for things, make sure they send you an email confirmation with that payment as well. So there's a lot of little tips and tricks in here. I hope this is helping. If this is too much information, well, I'm sorry, it's a lot, but that's what, you know, that's what wedding planning is like. Something that really isn't talked about is the cost of being a bride.
how much a, being a bride really costs. Because not only should we take into consideration the cost of being a bride on the day, but the lead up costs and the time that we spent to look our best. Now, this really varies from bride to bride, depending on how thorough you choose to be. If you're a thrifty bride, you may try recycling things in your wardrobe, doing your hair yourself or asking the help of your friends for their advice and their insight. But bear in mind, all these costs are variable and they're not a necessity. So this is for you to conceptualize the amount of money, time and effort you might need to spend for your wedding day. So I've used average costings of brides um, and I've used Australian national averages to come up with these potential costs. So you've got bridal shower, bachelorette party, facials and body treatments, hair treatments, nails, spray tans, teeth whitening, dress and alterations, makeup and hair trials, shoes, bridal robe, dress, slippers, jewelry, bridesmaid costs and giftings, outfits for each one of your events and gifts for your future husband. Now I've left out the cost of, um, what's it called? Where is it? Hold on. I've got it in front of me. So I've left out the cost for jewelry and I've left out the costs for the dress because they are super variable. You can buy a dress for $20,000. You can buy a dress for $500. So the list that I just read out to you, including all of those things is comes to about $5,000. That is a huge cost. Now, if you've put all of this stuff into your wedding budget, as we discussed previously, then you will probably have no problem paying for these things. And as I said, you know, this is a, these are all variables and bear in mind, these are not a necessity. If you don't want to have majority of this stuff, you don't have to, don't be bullied by the wedding industry to have your teeth whitened or to do a spray tan. You may look a lot better pale. So why bother doing it? So all of these costs are variable, but they're very good to keep in mind because the real cost of being a bride is not only just the money you're going to spend on it, but it's going to be the time it takes you to get ready. And you may not want to do Botox. You may not want to do all the filler and all that sort of stuff. And you don't have to. You may not want to pay for a personal trainer because you love the body that the way, the way that it is. And you don't have to. You need to make your own rules when it comes to wedding planning and don't let anybody's opinions dictate with you. This is just the national average. These are the Australian averages. And this is what a lot of brides do to prepare for their wedding days. Now, why, why am I telling you all of this? Why are we talking about all of this? Well, I really want you to understand that it's a really complicated process and I don't want to make it more complicated by giving you all of this information, but I can appreciate that this is probably overwhelming. Um, I think this is a really valuable episode because what you need to understand is wedding planning doesn't have to be stressful. Wedding planning doesn't have to blow your budget. It doesn't have to hurt your bank account. You will be paying for a lot of things, of course. But if you budget things properly, if you budget things well, if you have good cash flow management, if you're really well organized, then wedding planning can be a really fun experience. Your family and your friends will put pressure on you to do things. They'll put pressure on you to have things a certain way. Um, And so will general society. And so will the rest of the world. The wedding industry is going to put pressure on you to buy things that you don't need. They're going to put pressure on you to spend money when you don't need to spend that money. And there is really no need to do that. You need to make your own rules when it comes to wedding planning. And you need to be confident when you're making your decisions. Because second guessing yourself time and time again about certain things is going to to hurt you. And I want you to have a really wonderful wedding experience. Because you, you like... Every bride really deserves 
to feel confident, to feel powerful, to feel like they have options, but to not feel like those options are going to overwhelm them and make them make the wrong decision. Organizing your wedding day in such a way where you have great budgeting and cash flow management is going to alleviate so much pressure and so much stress. If you are the type of person that loves planning, that loves organizing, that thrives in this type of environment, then you are going to have no problem feeling under pressure. If you're a person where this is really intimidating and you don't have much time on your hands, you could do some things, but you can't do other things, then this is the time to maybe think about getting consultancy services for weddings or it may be the time to get a wedding planner if your budget allows for that. But taking into consideration the time, the money, and the energy that it's going to take to plan your wedding um, is going to make a really big difference. I just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in today. Um, I think this episode has been helpful for some of you at least. Um, Again, I can appreciate this is overwhelming and I don't want you to feel that way. I want to make this podcast, to make you as confident as possible and prepare you as best as I can. So you can almost think of me as like a pseudo wedding planner because I am going to continue these episodes and mapping out all of these things start to finish for you. This episode is um, hopefully going to generate confidence for you and confidence in your next steps when it comes to wedding planning, because this shit is hard work. This shit is really hard work. And it's going to take so much of your energy um, and it's going to take time away from some of the things that you potentially love doing and planning and organizing is going to really help you. If you really like my content, you can find me everywhere at Party Girl Claudes. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. Um, I have a stand store where I have some really good resources that you can purchase. Um, they're always on sale. I I don't know if I can ever put them up to full price. Just a side note, this episode was meant to be um, a confident hour uh, episode where we talked about something that was not relating to wedding planning. But as this is the second episode, I really thought that I would jump into it with an introduction about what you should do with a newly engaged bride. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. You can find me everywhere at Party Girl Claudes, and I will see you on Wednesday for the next, next episode. I hope you have a really wonderful weekend or day and I'll see you then. Bye.